0: Hi, this is Tammy Stronach from The NeverEnding Story. Make sure to check out movieguyspodcast.com. Tonight's episode is brought to you by the Be Real Podcast Network. For more episodes like this, go to b-r-e-e-l-network.com. Enjoy the show.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another awesome special episode of Movie Guys Podcast. We've been talking about it for a couple weeks. Tonight, we have our special guest for an interview. I am Jordan along here with Eric and Ed. How are you guys doing tonight? Hey, hello.
2: What up? There he is.
1: And uh, Ed, we know that you are a big fan, so introduce who are we talking to tonight.
2: We are introducing the very first love of my life, and I'm sorry if I embarrassed you just now. <laughs> <Embarrassing>. <laughs> but we are uh, we are talking to the childlike empress from the Never Ending Story. Please, 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 everybody, you know, we're uh, this is a great this is a great honor for us. Uh, Tammy, go ahead and uh, say hello.
0: Hello, thank you for having me.
2: Awesome to have you. It's our pleasure.
0: What? Okay, Tammy, what? Uh, oh
1: my God, the last name's going to kill me. Stronach. Stronach. Stronach.
0: So it's Stronach, but it's not fair. It's like a trick. It's a trick last name. It's Gaelic, so it's Struna, oh. which nobody should have to be asked to say. So yeah, we've translated <laughs> it into Stronach.
3: Especially with a midwestern accent, it just, <laughs> it's not even gonna happen. <laughs> oh
1: my God! Well, thank you so much for joining us on this episode. Uh, we are we are we are big fans, of course. We all grew up with Never Ending Story um and uh, we really do appreciate you taking the time to uh uh, to talk about it uh but uh eric and ed i'm I'm sure you guys have a lot of questions here so whoever wants to start first please take it away i'm interested to see what we have to talk about passing
3: the mic automatically huh (laughs) yeah
2: yeah, i know tammy i mean i personally i'd like to know a little bit about your background uh, you know, I, I've read a couple of things, but I'd like to hear it from you. You know, tell us tell us, sort of where you're from, you know, the, the life leading up to being the childlike empress and as, 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 you know, honestly as you can, really, you know.
0: Sure, sure. Well, um, I was born in Iran, in uh, Tehran. My parents were working there as archaeologists, and my mm-hmm. father is Scottish, and my mother is Israeli. Um, oh, wow. And so uh, I grew up uh, in Iran, and then after the revolution of 1979, we uh, moved to England for a little while, mm-hmm. and then we moved to Israel, and then we eventually settled uh, in the United States. When I was was nine or eight, sorry, eight, and then uh, just about to turn nine. Um, so. Perhaps you may have noticed that in The NeverEnding Story, my accent was a little bit English. I don't know if anyone... Yes,
2: yeah. yes.
0: So, I mean, it was sort of one of those transitional accents. I was kind of just trying to figure out what accent I had.
2: <laughs>
3: I, I thought it was After a princess the... accent. <laughs> like, I, that just, like, was the overall princess. That's how they talked. That's
0: just... That's, yeah. But, the <laughs> time, it's funny because it produced a sort of mid-Atlantic accent, which is sort of what the actors in the kind of golden era of Hollywood tried to do it wasn't English and it wasn't American yeah. it was sort of this mid-Atlantic accent but I literally had it from being blown from this country to that country
3: <laughs> classic <laughs> it's yeah kind of a unique um, accent to have but so you a I was look. sort
0: of uh, traveling a lot and and I would say that you know the arts really became my home because I was in, living in so many different places that uh, there was something really grounding about always returning to storytelling and returning to creativity and to art making and wherever you were, almost in whatever country you were, people that were interested in that type of thing kind of had a similar sense of play and fun about them and, and I could sort of find my scene and my people um, despite being kind of uprooted a lot.
3: Well, all right. well. So it was your influence yeah, to, to get into uh, um, you said the arts, but I mean into acting in particular.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I was I started I would say um, in dance more. Yeah. Uh, I, I was dancing a lot, sort of from the age of four on. But as soon as I get came to the states, I did start taking acting classes and continued with that, um, and that's where an agent who, a a talent scout who was looking for girls to audition for The NeverEnding Story saw me. Mm -hmm. She saw me in an acting class and asked me to come audition. Um, So I definitely wasn't um, sort of, you know, expecting it or I didn't have an agent. It was all very sort of surprising and, and a somewhat happy accident.
3: It just happened fast. You had the look? Is that what it was? Just I definitely caught, didn't have the look. Coffee eye and is like this is <laughs> this is what we had. The no, that
0: was a huge that was a huge problem. I sort of wasn't what Wolfgang had initially pictured at all. So, um, I I also went to the audition wearing uh, like jeans and pig makeup because I had been piglet in a play that morning. Perfect. Um, oh it, wow. Yeah, so I kind of had like pig grease, like pink makeup, and like black lines on my face and. Um, his big concern was, you know, is this girl really, what does she look like under that pig makeup?
3: <laughs> right. <laughs> um,
0: so we had to sort of glamorize me. And I think that the casting agent was really helpful because we really didn't know what we were doing. And she told my mother, do you mind if I put some makeup on her? and and I think it was really just this one person rooting for me that uh, that allowed me to kind of make it to the to the final gate.
3: Wow, was it anything that like that you did that led to the decision? Like, were you actually did they see you in costume and they saw? Yeah, that's that's it. There were,
0: yeah, there were three different auditions. The first one was in San Francisco, uh, and that one was sort of you know. Uh, Uh, step one, and then step two was was in L.A., and that one was, uh, I went to Macy's, and I bought like a big, what I thought was a princess-like dress. It was this like huge, fluffy, white.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Princess, yeah.
0: And um and then the final audition was in in Germany and that one was really harrowing because I knew that it was down to me and one other girl so the that by that point I was quite nervous and and uh, really wanted it so um, yeah yeah so I, I I got lucky and it went my way
1: well you- now Tammy there has been other uh, there's been two other sequels and I know the childlike Inverse always needs to be you know, certainly because you're the first one, but did they ever approach you to do the other two sequels afterwards? Or was that just, they never approached you again, or?
0: No, in the initial contract, I was asked if I would be interested in, in doing the sequels. Um, but everyone always sort of grimaces when I tell them this. So just, um, I we just were such a naive, not savvy Hollywood family, but really just, my parents are archaeologists. They're interested in the Persian dynasty and BC, mm-hmm. you know, and my father, it just, we, we, I mean, you just couldn't put a, a less Hollywood savvy <laughs> crew together.
3: <laughs> it's something that like snowballed yeah. a little bit mean, like,
0: It's a before yeah. reality TV, but it would have been hilarious to just see us and, you know, like the who we were and this constellation of people. And my mom has a thick Israeli accent. My father has a very polite British accent. And, you know, it, it was really just, my mother was like, well, this should be a little bit of summer fun for you. And the whole notion <laughs> yeah. that we would sign on to sequels was like, no She's way, like, Yeah, well, we,
3: we didn't expect this. We thought this was just going to be a one-time thing.
0: And so we thought, well, it's being filmed in Germany. This is probably going to be this small, strange European film that maybe six swiss people will see you know like we just we really and hadn't done enough research on who wolfgang was or the fact that it was the most expensive film to be made in germany ever you know like we we really sort of were rather uh novices in the whole thing so yes i was approached to be in the sequels and the answer was a decisive no,
1: because
3: <laughs> <laughs> they did quite a, car- that's a,
1: that's that's really interesting.
3: They did for for a lot the other. I mean I'm not ashamed to to say that I've seen all of them of course more than once and uh, they're they're great movies. The, the story is is that world is very uh, it's very nice you know mm. uh, just fantasy and the way that they change it up almost every movie though and so it's almost to be expected.
0: Yeah, and also truthfully, I mean, I think by the time the other sequels came out, I was a 17. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't, it, it, it actually, it would have helped me with my paycheck to sign on to the sequels, but I don't actually think that I would have been in them regardless, because I was already firmly in my California teen years.
3: <laughs> well, yeah, you understand why that? Then oh, now, a little bit over that. Thank you very much. Yeah, you no,
0: know, but you know, there's so that age of like a uh, of a child in that tween age is so magical and very specific and not you know mm. not something you can fake really.
3: Hmm. I mean, it, it would be pretty cool to work out. I mean, that's always been a dream. In, you as a, people watching that, just like, oh, that's so cool. If I could actually just see kind of this this world and. It seemed like uh, those types of movies were, they would go all out, build build the big set, you know? It's uh, not green screen anything, or it is now, it's authentic, so they, you got to be, well, kind of partially, or play partially in that world.
0: It it, it, it was, that part of it was, I mean, it's like, you know, it, it really was like a actor kid's dream, you know, you sort of, the biggest set you could possibly imagine, the biggest costumes, and um, you know, as a theater kid, yeah, it was ridiculously awesome.
2: Uh, so, well, did you see? You know, when you, I mean, I know you were only really in a in a, in a few very key scenes, but did you see how the animatronics were working for full? You know, f- you know, for uh, for the film. You know, because you know, rewatching the film as an adult and a film critic, it, it seems almost more realistic than half the CGI stuff you see anymore. You know, and, you know, they just did a really, really great job. Did you see how that, how did they make it that way? And how did, how did you personally, obviously off camera, interact with some of that?
3: Are you asking if she got to ride Falcor? Is that?
2: I, that was, then that was going to be the next question. Yeah.
3: He's in the backyard
0: right now.
2: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the last. Um, luck, luck dragons never <laughs> age. They
0: keep on going. I have to feed him soon. <laughs> 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 um, but, uh. I did. I I mean, I actually... um, I ventured as often as they would let me into the back, you know, into other scenes and into other sets. I mean, I think I was probably slightly annoying in that way, as I didn't want to be at the hotel. I wanted to be on set watching the the behind-the-scenes as often as possible, and I I think they were worried that I would make noise or get in the way or need attention, Um, so, you know, there was a limit but i i really did try to wriggle on to the to the other sets as often as i could and it was amazing i mean each each of the sort of characters had multiple people pulling these levers and it was a a a real teamwork effort they would all be sort of sitting side by side and one person would be responsible for the hands and another person responsible for the nose and um it's gorgeous i mean the the choreographer in me is Ha- was always fascinated with just that kind of teamwork and the ability to bring something to life uh, that way. And I think you know your point about CGI and 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 puppetry is I agree with it. I think I mean I think CGI is amazing, and and I and I think that any kind of dogmatic limitation to one medium being better than the other is always problematic because it's always in the how. But there is something unique about puppetry, which is that there was a human being behind each of those movements and that that person's musculature and the way they move and the energy of their body is the thing that's animating the puppet. And so it is, it's like, it's it's a kind of a weird thing to say, but I sort of feel like a little piece of a person's soul went in there and animated this object. And that's what makes it so cool.
3: I would say just because also the actors' body language, their their response too. You have this this human working the puppetry, and the the actor is reacting to that, and that's in front of them. It's not uh, the person wearing the cotton balls or, or the the whatever, golf balls. And imagining the whole
0: thing, yeah.
3: Yeah, exactly. It's it's a little bit more uh, easier for them to to put themselves into the world or to that character a bit more too. And I mean, we're seeing a a improvement in animatronics as well too uh what what was that there was a competition show i don't watch reality often but there was one the the jim yes he does don't let him lie to you The jim henson i love the kardashians the (laughs) the, uh the jim henson puppet shop one i think there was one on like sci-fi where the competition was they took these puppeteers to come in to work for the jim henson studio and it was that type of elimination where they'd have to make a uh uh, uh, a servo, or, or you know, the eyes that that able to look back and forth, or like these little hand puppets, and and use them on a on a camera test. It was really cool, and to see that this art is still going so strong. So when they made something like the Dark Crystal announcement, that's coming up, I'm I'm hoping that we get to see more something like that. I'm I'm also yeah. hoping if I'm not pushing too hard, I'm knocking on some wood, that we're gonna keep on maybe with the Neverending Story remake that I've been because Hollywood is, as we know, run out of ideas, right, boys? And reboots (laughs) are a thing. I I don't know. Would you come back? Say that again?
1: Would you come back if they ask you to do the remake? Oh,
0: my gosh. (laughs) I would definitely come back. But I can't come back as the childlike empress. The middle aged empress. You can't it's not gonna <laughs> work, guys.
2: You can <laughs> but I'm, you, no, but you, I'm sure you could be you could be Bastion's mom in a ghost form somehow. Now
0: I would no? be totally down with that. Oh. You know, anything yeah. that a kind of a cameo that, that sort of lovingly nods to the original would be lovely. But yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not I'm not putting the pearl on, I'm sorry.
3: <laughs> nice. <laughs> I, or that uh, the uh the opening courtyard scene is always pretty cool too. That's a... Uh, everyone likes to see those 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 different creatures that kind of come up asking for the Empress's help and like-
0: Totally, totally. And watch people in those. There. I mean, I have to tell you those creatures in the dressing room with all the fabric and the weird like latex extra faces and stuff, that was really, really fun to watch up close. It was super interesting.
3: I got like creative ideas from that one. My favorite one, I think there was like, wasn't there like a Reaper one, I think. Uh, and you've seen yeah. it recently, right? You can you can vouch for maybe all the monsters in it. The Easter Isle heads. Easter Isle heads. I saw, oh, I saw yeah. it a
0: year ago in in San Francisco. My husband made me go see it in, like, a theater um, because, you know, it's weird to just pull out a film you were in. Like, it's it's not normal for you to, like, let's watch this tonight.
3: You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. How does um, your family, family react to this?
0: It was really fun. He sort of dragged me to it and was like, it's in the theater. Come on and it was really on its stack in that moment
2: well I, I have to ask you I know I, I know we've talked a lot about the never-ending story and it's obviously one of my favorite and most inspirational movies for me but you're you're in something that's coming out next year is that right uh, what is it it's called I'm looking here and it's called ultra low could you tell us a little bit about that?
3: yeah
0: so um, I I have sort of recently been doing some interviews, um, mostly to promote my new company, Paper Canoe Company, which is a family entertainment company. But in the wake of doing some of these interviews, I've started getting some scripts in the mail to act again, which has been uh, fun and interesting. Um, and I'm looking at them and and. If I find a good script that seems like it's the right fit, I'm definitely interested in in, in doing more acting now that my body is um, sort of pretty much done with dancing. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many herniated discs, I don't think I could herniate anymore. So... Um, so I'm sort of, it is a phase of moving into some new directions and I'm still choreographing with my dance company, but uh, I have been doing a lot more uh, stage acting in New York recently. So Ultra Low was one of those scripts that uh, was sent my way and I really liked it. it. It's a small independent film, but I thought that it was a really clever script and it was all about the uh, sort of impossibility of making a film, just how hard it is. is—and all the millions of things that could go wrong and the sort of quixotic nature of just being mad enough to be a filmmaker. Um, And it has a lovely twist uh, twist at the end. And it's very tongue in cheek. It has a great sense of humor. So um, as a producer of art my whole life and basically I empathized (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a lot with it and I was like you know I think it's interesting to see the behind the scenes so I was really happy to be a part of it and I I'm I'm a very it's a very small little uh cameo but it was a kind of fun uh re into the world of film and and I enjoyed it a
3: lot uh well Correct. you said that you be- um I got I a question for you here oh, Just, uh, oh, okay sorry Eric my fault
1: no you, um, you go ahead and
3: do your question go ahead
1: uh, just a few more questions not I can keep you much longer. But, um, of course, Movie Guys Podcast here, we review new movies. Has there been a new movie that you've seen this year that either you really liked or really disliked that you were excited to go see at all?
0: Um, does it have to be a movie or can it be like a TV series?
3: Oh, TV series would be it good, That's too. your thing. I think we have to include um, that in the category now. Okay. I just plugged
0: my computer in, so I wouldn't lose you guys. Um, I just inhaled the new Handmaid's Tale on Hulu. Oh, it's
3: pretty oh, yeah. dark,
0: but it's totally brilliant. I just, yeah, had some really, really bad mornings where I was, like, barely functional, because I just couldn't stop watching the next <laughs> episode. Um, so that was pretty great. I'm really excited to go see Guardians of the Galaxy Two. I have to find a babysitter because it's so funny. Uh, I hope it doesn't disappoint me. I really liked the first one. I like the sense of humor in it a lot. Um, I don't know.
1: We all liked it. You did. I heard. We all liked that one. Yeah. That's
0: the next one I'm gonna go see. So.
1: Don't see Transformers because spoiler alert: you find out that Earth is actually. Oh, here we go! Don't spoil the
2: movie. Jeez, for that
1: <laughs> franchise.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. Go ahead, guys. sorry with the question. Go ahead. Oh, so, so
2: you'd you so you'd mentioned uh, Paper Canoe Company. Could you yeah. tell us a little bit more about that, please? You know, I'd love to be. I'd be very interested in hearing about it.
0: Sure, sure. So I um, I had a, a daughter. She's six now, and um, after spending about twenty years being a choreographer and uh, dance professor, um, I suddenly had this. Kid and she wanted to play, and she wanted me to tell her stories. And suddenly, I found myself doing a puppet show for her in a blizzard because it was three days of being snowed in. And pretty soon, all the kids in my 80-unit building were in our apartment.
2: <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> like
0: watching this puppet show. And then this theater down the street heard about it, and they're like, well, do you want to do it here? And basically, it just sort of grew out of my community. And so we did this puppet show for a couple months in New York and then they wanted us to bring it back and they want us to bring it back again and we were like, I guess we're doing kids theater these days. And then we tried a more ambitious project um, called Light which I really love the story of. Um, it's a bit of a sci-fi dystopian world. And it felt really, um, it's different, of course, than The Neverending Story, but it felt the same. It felt similar in that I think sometimes fantasy and whimsy can comment on reality almost more effectively than reality can because sure. it introduces elements of hope that <laughs> reality's harder at doing. And yet it can make you look at things um, because of because it's so engaging. It sort of asks you to revisit questions you might bat away in your daily life. So Light was a, a really fun dystopian play. And we're going to turn that into a, a graphic novel. And as I started making all of these things, I realized that in a way I was coming back to the never-ending story. I was coming back to family entertainment, to things that were that I wanted to be much more accessible and that I wanted to reach you know, people that were two and 102. And so it just opened up a new chapter. And, and that's that's really sort of where my I'm at right now with my family and with my art, um, is coming back to these kind of stories that you can enjoy as a family and that have different layers, some for kids, but jokes for the adults that the kids don't really get. And, um, and you know, I, I love Pixar films and my husband and I have been artists. And we said, why don't we just, join, join this conversation, like join this kind of making. And our newest project is, um, is actually, uh, Beanstalk Jack. It's an album. And, uh, and that's also new. I'm singing for, for the first time.
2: <laughs> I, I oh, wow. That's courageous.
1: Yeah, it is. Ready. <laughs> That's awesome.
0: And, um, and, but you know, I kind of feel like you live once, and I did a I did a record when I was 10 in Germany. Um, it was a single called Fairy Queen, so um, so it's funny. It's like all these things that I did as a kid kind of happening again. Um, and Beanstalk Jack is gonna be setting, I'm setting up a couple months of shows in, in New York for us and we're adding puppetry to that, but it's really mainly a, a folk rock opera that tells the story of Jack and the Beanstalk and um, and so we're kind of venturing into all these different media. And I just shot a music video starring my daughter. <laughs> <who's> sick,
2: wow. <laughs> uh,
0: for one of the songs off of that wow. album. Super fun.
3: It sounds like you just can't escape the spotlight then. Just, uh, kind of finds a way to come, <laughs> come on back. It's like we, we need to come back. I I am, uh, I mean, a, a you talk about kind of that that whimsy, and that's kind of what that puppet show is going to have. Is like it gives it a, a different uh, feel for it. And I think that's uh, I don't I don't know I don't watch too many uh, family movies or, or aged movies uh, anymore. But it seems like a lot of it is all, all called just cartoon and uh, and computer graphic stuff, right? I mean, I, I yeah. Was... There's
0: there's there's not that much that's there's not that much puppetry. But you know when you're doing a live show with kids their faces when they see a puppet, they really are at this weird age where their reality and fantasy kind of blend. They don't totally know where the line is. Yeah. And I just think that for adults, that's such a useful thing to keep alive that really, our inner world and our outer world are much closer together than we pretend. And ideas that we form in our heads can manifest in the world at any time. You wanna make a business, you think of it, you make it. You know, like In fact, everything that we've built in the world started out as an idea. And somehow we lose track of that. And so I think this magical space of reminding ourselves of how close our imagination and reality are, which kind of echoes a lot of the themes of The Neverending Story, um, is something that you know still feels really important to me to kind of um, promote that that the, the importance of imagination
1: well you guys have any other questions before we say goodbye to tammy here because i don't want to say goodbye I'm having so much fun
2: <laughs> yeah I I I would what? I would be remiss yeah. if I didn't ask you to say the one line that everybody I always know. asks you to say but I it's been my dream it's listen I it's, it's my, you've been the love of my life since I was 12 years old so I have <laughs> to I have to <laughs> hear you say it for me please
0: Payment due now No oh, no not that line sorry sorry, <laughs> <No>. sorry. <laughs> Call my name.
3: There, there it is. There it is. Thank, <laughs> Thank you very <laughs> much. Well, <was> <laughs> <little bit. I'm,
0: laughs> I just want to say for those people who are interested in uh, in what I'm up to. Um, yeah, go ahead. You can, check, you can check us out on Facebook at Paper Canoe Company, and there's a website, uh, TammyStronach.com, which will send you to my dance work. I'm doing a new dance film in Prague in the fall. There'll be information on that. They'll send, us to send you to Paper Canoe Stuff. And if there are any upcoming films, I'll list it there. Um, and then I'm most often on Twitter at NeverEndingTammy. And you can also find me on Instagram at TammyStronach underscore.
1: Awesome. And also, of course, when everybody yeah. goes to our website, MovieGuysPodcast.com, and also our Podbean site, MovieGuysPodcast.com dot podcast uh, dot bean uh, podbean.com I can't talk tonight uh, we'll have all the information listed in the episode so if you guys wanted to check that out you can as well uh, Tammy don't hang up though real quick we had something we wanted to ask you for real quick uh, off air uh, but Eric and Ed thank you so much for joining me on this episode this has been awesome Thank you. yeah it's been a pleasure thank you
0: thank you guys
1: uh, but thank you so much guys and have a good night